Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. about being surrendered surrendered Philippians chapter 2 verse 9 wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth somebody say that covers it all and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Now flipping back in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, to the book of Psalm chapter 22. Praise the Lord. Amen. The book of Psalm chapter 22. I like it when you flip or you swipe. That means you're, 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 you're connected with us. Psalm 22, 27, all the ends of the world shall remember and turn unto the Lord. All the kindreds of the nations shall worship before him. Why? For the kingdom is the Lord's. The kingdom is the Lord's. And he's the governor among the nations. That every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Why? For the kingdom is the Lord's. I want to talk to you today about surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we come to you today asking you, Lord, to help us. Lord, help us to serve the gift and the word, Lord. God, that is before us. Let it be a blessing to someone. Let somebody, God, be changed with this thought and this message tonight. And we're going to give you the praise for it all. Jesus, we love you. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. The Lord bless you. Be seated. When we consider that we have a king, that is the central character of this book. He's the central character of the kingdom. We find that he has the absolute authority. Therefore, he is the source of all authority. We see that his word teaches us about who he is. The kingdom concept also has the lordship of that king. For we find that he is king, and if he is king, he is Lord, and everything belongs to him. The psalmist said, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and all they that dwell therein. Kingdom citizens then are stewards and, and not owners. We do not own the land necessarily, we just simply are stewards of it. Amen. We don't We may plow the land, we may plant the land, but ultimately he is the Lord over this because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. <clears throat> Being Lord is not simply 
a name in the sense of a title because lordship refers rather to a call of action that we respond to that call in the correct way. 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 5 says, For though there be that are called gods, whether in heaven or in earth, Remember where he is going to be called Lord in heaven, in earth, and under the earth. He said, though there be called gods, whether in heaven or in earth, as there be gods many and lords many. There be gods many and lords many. If you look in your Bible, you will find that it is little g and not capital G. It is little L referring to lords and not capital lords. Amen. But he goes on to say, but to us, there is but one God, the father of whom are all things and we in him. As we sang a while ago, I am yours, I belong to you. Amen. We in him and one Lord, Jesus Christ, by whom are all things and we by him. Amen. We find that there are those that have made money, Lord. They have made sports and food and sex and entertainment their Lord. Some have made success and fame and achievement and education their Lord. To some, their family is Lord. They have a, a concept of God, but rather everything else comes first. Everything else comes first. The time becomes Lord. Our passions become Lord. Our education becomes Lord. Our self-will becomes Lord. Let me tell you, whatever you put first in your life is the Lord of your life. It is the one that rules your life. It is that part that is your God and what you serve. Many want Jesus to be their Savior. Save me, Lord. Deliver me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Bless me, Lord. Heal me. Amen. But they do not want to go to the next level and commit to be Lord. Many have come and repented and have been baptized and even be filled with the Holy Ghost. And they walk with the Lord for a while. But they did not commit themselves to where they said, He's Lord of everything. Everything. My time. My money. My family. My possessions. He's Lord. Making Jesus Christ Lord is not some optional thing. The writer says there's coming a time when every knee will bow and every tongue confess. So that means one day Hitler is going to bow his knee and confess Jesus Christ is Lord. Muhammad will bow his knee and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Every atheist, atheist and every agnostic and every wayward rebel will have to bow their knee. I want to tell you, we ought to choose now. How many of you today can say, I choose now to call him Lord? I'm not waiting for the judgment. I'm not waiting to stand before him and hear him say, depart from me but rather I want to I want to say now you're Lord you're Lord of my time you're Lord of my family you're Lord of my money you're Lord of my job you're Lord of my possessions and Lord of my passions here's what we got to know is that the Bible teaches us repeatedly that there is one Lord not two not three not four not a multiple 
one Lord. Everybody say one Lord. What's that familiar scripture? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Amen. Deuteronomy 6 and 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. In Zechariah 14 and 9, it says, The Lord shall be king over all the earth. In that day shall there be one Lord and his name one. In the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 8 and 6. But to us there is one God, the Father of whom are all things, and we in him, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, by whom are all things and we by him how many know that other text that is very familiar one lord one faith one baptism he is the lord of this world and his name is one and he is one when we look at at at, at the beginning of creation we find genesis 1 declares how god created everything by the word of his power he spoke it and it come into existence. In Genesis 1, it says, God said, let there be light and there was light. We find in Genesis 1, it says, God said, let there be firmament in the midst of the waters and it was so. We find he said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place and it was so. God said, let the earth bring forth grass and herb yielding seed and it was so. And God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night and it was so. God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly and it was so. God said, let, let earth bring forth living creatures and it was so. So the creator spoke it into existence by the very word that he had. But something I want to show you that is important to know is that Genesis 1, everywhere you see God, every place it says God refers to the Hebrew word Elohim. Elohim means the all-sufficient one and creator of the earth. 2,000, some 2,570 times in the Old Testament it is found in the Old Testament. But 32 of those times, in Genesis 1, the name Elohim contains the, the idea of creative and governing power, omnipotence and sovereignty. He's the God who has the power to speak light into existence. He is the God who has the power to declare it by his very word. We find that it signifies the supreme being, the sovereignty and the glory of the one. Amen. For the Bible says, for thine Elohim is the power and the kingdom and the glory. Elohim signifies a covenant relationship which he is faithful to keep. The one that said, let there be light is the same one that will say, I'll take care of you. Amen. Amen. So all through chapter 1, in reference to what God is doing, it said God. Everybody say Elohim. But in Genesis chapter 2, you find a different configuration, a different statement. In Genesis chapter 2 and verse 4, it says, These are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God... Somebody say, Lord God. Lord God. 
made the earth and the heavens and every plant of the field before it was in the earth and the herb, uh, every herb of the field before it grew for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth and there was not a man to till the ground. Something interesting happens in chapter 2. In chapter 1, he is creating all the universe with all of the wonder and glory and marvel. He created the animals from the aardvark to the zebra. God created all of them, and, it, and, it, and in his word, he says, Elohim did it. But when he begins to deal with man, he adds, Lord, Jehovah, the term Lord God is connected to man. So it is a relationship addition. God is saying, I want to put my relationship in forefront for any time in your Bible. Anytime in your Bible you see Lord capitalized, anybody look at it and you see it capitalized, it refers to the name of Yahweh, Lord. Yahweh is interchangeable with the name Jehovah. Amen. You will find it is the most frequent referred to word when it comes to God. Psalm 83 and verse 18 says that men may know that thou whose name alone is Lord are Yahweh are the most high over all the earth. It's interesting, creator, Elohim, means his power, his sovereignty, his ability. But when it comes to Lord, it means that the unchangeable one, the one which is, which was, and is to come. And so God inserts Elohim with Lord. He begins to assert Elohim with Yahweh. And he said, not only am I the one that can speak it into existence, but I'm the one that never changes when it comes to man. I'm the one that's going to, he's not going to have the same kind of re relationship with the ant. He's not going to have the same relationship with a gorilla or a, a humpback whale that he has with the one that he made in his own image. The one that he gave the ability of free will. The one that he gave the ability to worship him. And so now when it comes to the relationship of man, God said, I'm going to add Lord because Lord is the one that never changes. It is the immutable one, the internal one. You can count on him. He is Lord and he is God. When you begin to study scripture, you will find that right after that declaration of the Lord God relating to man, Satan comes along in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1, and this is what the Satan did. The serpent is more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. We have taught and we have preached. We know the serpent misquoted the word of God. He misaligned the word of God. It seems to be speaking the truth, but it is not because he's manipulating what God said and he changes the context. But I want to show you one important thing that he did not, that he did not add and he left out and that God had been putting Lord God in everything related to man. But when Satan starts talking about it, he leaves it off. 
So he does not want God to be your Lord. He doesn't want him to be the one that's in, in first in your life. As long as he's first in your life, he can't lie the word to you. He can't change the word to you because the first voice you hear is that of your Lord. The first voice you hear is that of God, not the devil that's coming along telling you lies. So he wants to take Lord out of it. Go to church. Be religious. Sing your songs of worship. Attend. Be faithful. Pay your tithes. Be a religious person. But don't call him Lord. Don't make him Lord. Amen. He doesn't care if you have a symbolism of belief. The Bible says that the devil believes that there's one God and trembles. But what he can't stand is your obedience. He cannot stand and abide the idea that you're Lord of my life. You're Lord of my breath. You're Lord of my food. You're Lord of my, my marriage. You're Lord of my money. You're Lord of my job. Hell does not want you to be surrendered. He doesn't want you to be surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. There are three ways the Hebrew translates Lord in the Old Testament besides Yahweh. translates them three different ways. These connecting names provide insight in how God operates as Lord. They are Adon, Adonai, and Adonaiim. Each of these denote headship in some way or another. They look very similar in their spelling. They sound very similar, but they each have a different connotation and particular uses. The first one, Adon, A-D-O-N, refers to the Lord as being overlord or ruler in the earth. Somebody say in the earth. Amen. Y'all okay for some teaching tonight? He's ruler in the earth. That means that he's in charge here in the earth. He's Lord. We find that the second one is Adonaiim. It is the plural of, of the previous word, and it carries the idea of ruler, but to a greater degree, it especially speaks of God as being proprietor and owner. It is the Lord who rules what he owns. The Lord who rules what he owns. Let me show you a scripture that bears that out. In Psalm 135 and 5. But it says, For I know that the Lord is great. The Lord is great. And that our Lord, Adonaiim, is above all gods. So he begins by saying, Jehovah is great, Yahweh is great, but then Adonaiim is above all gods. Whatsoever the Lord pleased, that did he in heaven and in earth, in the seas and the deep places. Somebody say, he's Lord. Then the Bible refers in the third way to a word, Adonai, which speaks of the Lord in relationship to the earth. And it carries out how that he is in the earth, Adonai, and then he, Adonai speaks about he is to the earth or over the earth. We find this is the word where it says the Lord, Adonai is my shepherd, I shall not want. Many times Adonai is translated my Lord, my Lord. Why? Let me break it down to you for these three ways that it is given. Adon is the Lord or over ruler, over Lord or ruler. That Adonai is Lord as owner and Adonai is Lord as blesser he's in the earth 
He's providing for the earth. He's covering the earth. Amen. Why wouldn't those that carry breath in their body that he gave and gave us life, why wouldn't those that he is born again by his power say, Lord, you're Lord of my money. Lord, you're Lord of my mind. You're Lord of my marriage. You're Lord of my life. In John 1, in verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the word. Oh, there we go. Praise God, it's over here. That one's that was like just a dead one. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So the one who was creator was also Lord. The one who is creator is also king. You will find that John bears this out. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So the word spoke creation into existence back in Genesis 1. Did he not say? God said. And it was so what did he use? He used word. And now he's verifying that in the New Testament. It says the word was God and the word was with God. If you hop down to verse 14, it says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Who's he talking about? Jesus. Jesus. Jesus then is the word of God. He is the one that has creative power. So the one who has creative power has the authority to be king and not only to be king, he has the authority to be Lord. Thomas declared after the resurrected Christ to before him he said my lord and my lord and my god my lord and my god what is he saying i doubted a while ago i doubted about it i said i gotta touch the nail prints i gotta touch his side but now he's saying i know who you are you are the word you are the creator and you're also my lord hallelujah peter began to preach on the day of pentecost and he said that the one that they had crucified was made both lord and christ lord and christ who is he he's the one that could tell nature what to do he is the one who created it he spoke it into existence so he could tell it what to do the one that made this earth can speak the storms into existence there's an interesting passage that bears us out is that when jesus sent his disciples out to go get the cult let me let me he told his disciples he sent out two of his disciples in mark chapter 11 and verse 2 He said, go your way into the village over against you. And as soon as ye be entered into it, you'll find a colt tied whereon never man set. Loose him and bring him. Get one that has not been broken and bring him to me. Then notice this. If any man say unto you, why do ye this? Say ye that the Lord, that the Lord hath need of him and straightway he will send him hither amen what is he saying if 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 that if that colt is needed and that that colt is needed for his purpose and they say why are you taking my colt can you imagine somebody walking up to your car 
and say, give me the keys. I, I want the keys. And you have, uh, you got a, a really nice Ford car. You got a nice Ford car. And they say, we want the keys. I'm giving you my keys. Why do you want my keys? Well, because uh, whoever Henry Ford's grandson or whoever is living has asked for it. It is a rare collection. It is new, you needed to be used by the man. Well, come on. I'm going to give you that. Here you go. Because uh, it has a connection to ownership uh, and creator. It has a connection to the creator. And so what Jesus is saying, when you go get that colt uh, and anybody asks you who, why you're taking this, you tell them the Lord needs it. Uh, what does that mean? He is Lord over my colt. He's Lord over things that, that I have in my life. And if the Lord needs it, I want to make sure that he's got it. Uh, he's Lord of anybody, anybody here right now face battles, battles with your mind, battles with the enemy, and you feel like that you constantly are, are fighting and fighting, why don't you just simply say, the battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. Isn't that what the Word says? Praise the Lord. He's Lord. He's Lord. We, we, we called this surrendered tonight. Surrendered. Whoever is ruling your life is Lord of your life. If some Yahoo on Facebook is keeping your attention away from the things of God, they're Lord. Somebody got you offended, wounded, and you're mad at them where you can't get them off your mind. They're Lord. I think I got a right and an amen and, and how about everybody? Making him Lord means I surrender. I surrender. I confess to you that Jesus Christ is Lord. Look at Romans chapter 10 and verse 8. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, amen. He, the same author, Paul, writes in our, our leading scripture that every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. He says, but if you'll do it now, if you will confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus uh, and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Please know that some people have carried this to where that word saved is about uh, 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 soul salvation. I want to tell you confession the Lord Jesus Christ in faith believing is a part of it. But Paul is writing to church people. He's writing to Romans that are already in the church that have already been born again of water and of spirit. And so this confession is about my daily life. Do you feel hemmed in? Do you feel enclosed? Do you feel like the enemy is encamped around about you? Well, I want to tell you today, it's time to confess he's Lord. He said he'd never leave me or forsake me. He said he would supply my need. So he's Lord. There's no such thing as saying he's Lord, but, or he's Lord, except, he's Lord, but wait, he's Lord, yes, 
That ought to be our confession. Whoever is ruling your life today is the Lord of your life. Submitting to the Lordship, surrendering to the Lordship of Jesus Christ means that we have surrendered our ownership to him. We've declared that he is already master. Amen. That we've declared him that he has the right as creator to define me. He has the right of my master to take care of me. I'm confessing the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I believe that we ought to surrender to him and say, Lord, here I am. I give it all to you. I can't lie about my money. I can't lie on my taxes or on my tithing report. Your Lord over my money and my possessions. I've pastored people from north and south and east and west that, that, that they should be shouting from the rooftops and hollering a victory miracle because what they have reported as their tithe is a miracle they're living on it. It's an absolute miracle, amen, that their lifestyle doesn't match. I want him to make sure that he's Lord of my mind, he's Lord of my money, he's Lord of my marriage, he's Lord of my family, hallelujah. Yes, he's Lord of my salvation. Yes, he saved me, and I call upon the name of the Lord for salvation. I'm baptized in his name, he's my Lord. I call upon his name, he's my Lord. I call upon him. Calling and confessing on the Lord is not merely speech and just simply a statement, but rather it's saying, I'll obey. I'll follow you. Lordship is a 24-7 plan. He must be Lord of all or not at all. One cannot call him Lord and then make excuses for not obeying him. Jesus must be Lord more than church times. Amen. He ought to be Lord more than just a, a, a casual token. But rather he ought to be intimate with us in this Lordship. We find in 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 3, But if any man love God, the same is known of him. God knows those that love him. That means that they're intimate with him. They're intimate with him. Noted author and preacher John Bevere made this observation. He said, the true evidence of love for Jesus is not what is said, but what is lived. No matter how passionately or boldly they say otherwise, those who are submitted to God's authority and do not love him are not living for him. Amen. They may know God, but they're not intimately in, in, in relationship with him. I believe today that we need to confess by declaring he's Lord. John, if you're going to survive boot camp, going to the Marines, you're going to be facing a lot of things. You need to make up your mind right now. He's Lord of my life. He's Lord of my mind. He's Lord of my body. I'm going to get through this, but I'll get through it with him. For without him, you'll fall flat on your face. Amen. I I say to you today, all of you, those that have just graduated, make him Lord of your life. Make him Lord of your education. Make him Lord of your purpose and Lord of your future. Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com. Set